Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One More Round Radio. This is the show that brings passion and punch to you about the world of boxing. Covering every weight class and every fighter from around the world, we focus on bringing you our unique perspective and opinions of the ring world. We are live here from Studio One of WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network, located in the heart of Chicago. This is One More Round Radio. One more round radio, guys. Chicago Tree Party. On WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network. I'm Big Nick. We've been uh, gone for not too long, about two weeks, and we are back. Not too much to go over, but just enough. Just the right amount of uh, fights that we can go over and stuff. One more round of boxing. Again, I'm Big Nick. We're in Studio One. This is Episode Four. And with me, of course, as always, the two boxing brains of the boxing world, Mr. Jackman. What's up, everybody? And Sammy the Bull. What's up, guys? So, uh, basically, not too much to go over, but uh, a lot of talk to do about s- certain fights and futures of some of these fighters. Um, obviously, we got the golovkin Gill fight that happened. Um, to some surprise for some people, I don't think the winner, but I think how fast he won and how much he kicked his ass. But uh, then you got Kovalev Caparello fight as well too uh, that we're going to recap. Then we've got some other fights coming up as well that we will talk about and and possibly what we what it looks like in the future for some of these other fighters, especially especially Triple G. So um, with that being said. So, what was your thoughts on uh, Triple G, guys? I thought that uh, Triple G uh, looked very good. I mean, I thought he looked great. I think uh, Triple G's a special fighter, and uh, he looked great. I mean, what more can you say? I, you know, every time this guy fights, he uh, he impresses us. I mean, he always does something special whenever he fights. I mean, he was getting hit with a punch, comebacks, hits the guy with a right hand. And knocks the guy out. He actually made Giel quit. Giel got up from that shot. And Giel just kind of nodded his head and said, that was it. That was it, which I found very surprising. I mean, even if you watch boxing, you don't really see that too often where a guy will just say, no, uh, you know, I'm done. And, uh, I mean, this guy's unbelievable. Every time he fights, he, he, he does special things. When he fought Rosado, he cut his eye open. You know, when he fought Macklin... He dropped him with that body shot. Uh, when he fought Adama, he stopped him in the seventh round, and he dropped him with a jab. When he fought Stevens, he knocked him down, and uh, Stevens' eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, I mean, this guy is just such a TV-friendly fighter. So we, I think we all had him for a knockout, right? Yes, we did. Um, but I think we were predicting more of like a seventh, eighth round, right? I think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, getting, I mean, the third round, that was sort of quick. It, was, it well, was quick. I mean, this guy punches like steel, man. I mean, he's amazing the way he, he punches and he hurts people. I thought, you know, Gil's a great boxer. I thought mm-hmm. he was going to hang in there for a little longer. But, uh, I mean, who does that? Who gets hit by a punch? And it was a clean punch Gil hit him with and uh, still had the balance and the accuracy to land his own and knock him out. I mean, yeah, like, uh, you know, Gil got up. He was probably he was probably seeing three Golovkins, I and mean, when he he was shaking his head, I mean he was he was dazed. He said, "Forget it," you know. Did you ever see that before? I don't think I've ever seen that where a guy gets hit with a punch and then throws a punch and knocks that guy out. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Not too much. No, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Have, have I ever, don't remember seeing. I don't, I don't remember I know sometimes either, but guys I, punch each other and yeah. both fall down, but yeah, that's I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't recall. I really can't recall. I, I think Golovkin's a little too good for his own good, though, because there's a lot of people that are scared to fight the guy now. You, you know what I think Golovkin's yeah. problem is? If I was Golovkin's manager, and this has nothing to do with boxing, what I would do is learn some English, man. Yeah. I mean, this guy, they interview him. It's like 
He's saying whatever the hell he wants. It's like yeah. he doesn't even understand what they're. You know, it's they're asking a question. Asking and he's a question. just saying something completely yeah, different. Saying, you know, it's like get. You know, if, if I was his people, I would have him three hours of English lessons every single day because that's what's going to bring the fans in. That's what's going to make them relate to the fans. Yeah, I mean, you gotta speak better English than that. I, I mean, like his interviews. I, yeah, Max, it's a big show. Yeah, I, he's just saying like whatever the hell he feels like. It, it yeah. seems he's, he doesn't even understand what Max is well, saying, and you know. I don't. I just think he's he. There's a lot of fighters that are scared of him right now, and I don't think that some of these big guys don't even want to take the chance on them. Here's the thing: he needs to fight. Someone needs to give him an opportunity. He needs to fight a Froch. He needs to fight a Chavez. Uh, you know, he needs to fight a Ward. He needs to fight a Cotto. That's the fight they want. They want that Cotto fight. Yeah, but Cotto won't do it. Yeah, and I don't blame Cotto. If you Ward, gonna, Ward if might. If Ward will do it, yeah, but I think he has Ward to, will. He has to move up to fight Ward. Yeah, but I mean, if you're managing um, Cotto, I wouldn't have Cotto take that fight, would you? I don't blame Cotto. Uh, business wise, I would. Yeah, not just that because I, 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 he's making so much money right now. You put him up against Triple G. Triple G has a good chance of beating him. Then there goes your money shot with him. There goes your Canelo yeah, shot. There goes your jackpot. It's just a, a chance you can't take right now with Cotto. Yeah, I mean, if he beats uh, Canelo. That's you know that's a big if that's going to be a tough fight if yeah. they do fight I th- I believe they are going to fight uh, then he may fight Triple G yeah but, but only if then. it's a good fight or the winner I think. let's put let's say the winner because I think it's going to be a good fight of who Canelo Cotto the winner of that fight and uh, would fight Triple G and I I don't think Canelo will back down from anybody he will fight him but after he makes some big mega bucks or or if he beats Canelo, he might look for a Mayweather fight. And yeah, Cotto Mayweather. No, no, or Canelo Mayweather Cane- rematch. Yeah, I heard that before too. Before he plays with uh, Golovkin. Yeah. yeah. You know, Golovkin, he did say after the fight, though, he is going to stay at middleweight, so he made that clear. Um, I'm sure if there was a big fight at super middleweight, he would move up. But uh, well, I like what they're doing with Golovkin. He's fighting four times a year four to five times a year, and they're keeping them active. They're keeping them busy. Even in November, none of these A-side guys want to fight them, you know, and uh, they're still going to put them in there. They're going to put them in there with a Solomon, or they're going to try to find an opponent for him. This way, you, you keep them relevant, and you keep them busy. Uh, this guy, he just has a buzz about him. It's sort of like, like I said before, it's sort of like Mike Tyson. I like watching him fight. I love watching him fight. Yeah. If, you, if you'll notice, when you watch him fight, and then you watch other fights, even like the Rios fight, they're just not as exciting. Golovkin has something about him. He's just so exciting. He brings that aura of, of uh, knockout guys, like a Mike Tyson. When he w- when he was kicking ass, it wasn't like is he gonna win. It's when and how he's gonna win. What punch is he gonna knock out his opponent with? Golovkin brings that same thing to the table. It's not so much is Golovkin gonna win. Is what round or how? And what punch? Yeah, yeah, what punch is he gonna knock him out with? A left hook to the body or a right hand to the head or a left hook to the head. Yeah. I mean, that's what he brings. He's so powerful. Even look at his jab. His jab's like a right hand. It's, I mean, his jab. Jab's like a jackhammer, yeah. Yeah, these guys feel that jab, and they start cowering, and he, and he gets the guys nervous. And, I mean, he, he's just, this guy's such a huge puncher. Uh, he just needs to fight that guy that's going to make him a superstar. Well, he has stated that he wants to unify the 160, and he called out Miguel Cotto and Peter Quillen. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Quillen would, I don't think Quillen wants to fight him either. Who does? But, I mean, you know, he's trying to unify that 160 uh, belt. So it would be interesting to see, you know, if Quillen gets in there with some, you know, Cotto, you know, maybe someday he will, but as in the current future, I don't think he is right now. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, Triple G's becoming a bigger and a bigger star. And I think a guy like Quillen probably will fight him. Uh, the question is, it's the HBO uh, Showtime thing. I don't know. Nobody really knows if it's going to affect that fight. But uh, there are some fights being made. Look at uh, Bernard Hopkins, who was on Showtime, and Kovalov. Kovalov, yeah. And HBO. So that fight's going to be va- made November 8th. So, oh, so that's going on HBO. It's going to be on HBO. Regular HBO. Mm. Yes. So who knows? Maybe that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, De La Hoya seems more willing uh, to uh, go with Spabarum and make the fights possible. It seemed like Sh- Schaefer was sort of the uh, stopping block for that. 
And uh, De La Hoya is more willing to go ahead. And Golis is a former promoter and make some of the big fights that we all want to see. You know, especially in that welterweight division. You got Manny Pacquiao and he's on an island. All the all the top welterweights are in uh, showtime, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and uh, Pacquiao, he's got a pretty tough fight ahead of him, I think, with Algeri. I've been saying this, and I know a lot of people, they're underestimating Algeri, but I'm telling you, don't sleep on Algeri. I think Pacquiao, he's there for the take, and I think he's a little bit older. Uh, Algeri has that range. Algeri's a smart fighter, and I think it's going to be an interesting fight. When is that going down again? I think that was... In in November. And here's another prediction. There's a lot of good fights in November. Yeah. Here's another thing, guys. I think that in the future, if uh, Algeri... I'm sorry... If Pacquiao beats Algeria, I think Mayweather and Pacquiao will be made. Pacquiao's running out of a um, Mayweather's Options. running out of opponents. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. And Mayweather senses uh, Pacquiao's on his downslide. Yes, yeah. you know, so especially if, if Mayweather Pat looks beats vulnerable. Madonna, which probably is more than likely going to happen. And then you've got Pacquiao beating Algeria. You think possibly Pacquiao May- Mayweather? I think it'll happen probably sometime next year. So. You've got Cotto fighting December thirteenth, which they announced on pay per view, but they didn't they didn't name an opponent. If you think it was well possible, they're talking about Andy Lee. That's possible for, for Cotto December. in December. Yeah, I was going to say because yes. Canelo's possibly going after Kirkland. Yes, yeah. they they don't want to put uh, you know Cotto in too tough right now. He has that huge mega million dollar fight against uh, Canelo. So a guy like Andy Lee's an Irish kid. They'll have that fight at Madison Square Garden. That fight can sell. There's a huge Irish population uh, in New York, and uh, that's a smart move. So basically, if if Cotto wins and Canelo wins, then they're probably more than likely going to do a Canelo-Cotto. I think so. I would think so, too. Don't, don't count out Kirkland. If Canelo chooses Kirkland, and there's big talk that him and Kirkland will fight, I think Kirkland has a chance in that fight. He's got a puncher's chance. He hits hard. I think Canelo, you know, he's a better boxer and all. But, uh, you know, anytime you got a guy who can hit as hard as Kirkland who comes and brings it, he's going to be dangerous, especially in those early rounds. So that still leaves Golovkin sort of in the air. Like, I mean... Yeah, I think Golovkin will be fighting, like, Solomon, someone like Kid Chocolate. Um, those are his options. Uh, Martin Murray. Quillen wouldn't be bad. Yeah, Quillen would no. be a great fight. Because... because go ahead, Jackman. Well, no, well go ahead. Quillen offers some movement, and I think that might... uh bother Golovkin a bit you know he likes he'd rather have a guy stand in front of him Quillen could move around a little bit but I think I don't know Quillen gets hit a lot too and that's not good yeah if you watch that Giel fight uh I mean when Giel was moving he looked decent against Golovkin it was just the difference was the power yeah Yeah, you know he was making Golovkin miss he had a lot of head movement yeah he was looking good in that third round until the power hit landed yeah we're actually watching it right here it's in the second, or no, we're well, still in the first round. That's that, that, that's the Prosca fight, actually. Oh, uh, that's yeah. a, oh, I forgot that's undercard fight. Yeah, no, that's a, from, oh, different oh, prior, different older fight, different fight. Yeah. yeah, but no, he he looked okay. I mean, I don't know. I just was really shocked that after that, he just tore him up. I think a little bit. I mean, this guy when he hits, it's just unbelievable the damage he does, and you know that can just change a fight. We've seen that many times. Yeah. Boxers winning. He gets caught in the later rounds by a puncher, and uh, even though if he's up and he gets hit and hurt, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I just I just hope someone gives Triple G a, a good fight and a big fight and a yeah, chance. I mean, I tell you, these Russian fighters, I've said this before, they're very exciting. I mean, look at all. Look at, you got Kovalev, you got Golovkin, you got Lomachenko. I mean, you got the Mexican-Russian at the lower weights. I mean, they're bringing a lot of excitement to boxing. Yeah, and I mean, Golovkin's got a huge amateur background. So they all do. He's got a all huge these, experience. Yeah, all these Russians, uh, yeah. they have a very good system in Russia. Mr. Putin. Mr. Putin. He, tra- he trains his guys well. Yeah, they invest a lot of money into their athletes. Yeah. Um, all right, so what's the next thing on uh, the next fight? We had Kovalev and uh, Keparello. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, was, it was a pretty interesting fight. I mean, uh, I thought Keparello would have actually done a little better. He has a, he's a southpaw, he has a reach, but I mean, same thing with what happened with Golovkin. I mean, uh, Golovkin landed that overhand right to the solar plex, and uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I was a little disappointed by Blake. I thought he was going to fight a little better, 
And uh, he was looking all right in the first round. He actually dropped Kovalov, you know, even though his uh, right foot was on his uh, on Kovalov's foot. But he still landed a clean left hand. And I think his size and links could have went a long way and uh, bothered Kovalov a little bit. But once he got hurt, he couldn't move around. His stomach was hurting him. And he just stood there, and that was a wrong tactic. He should have tried to hold and grab. But, I mean, these guys, you know, they're like a shark. Once they got you hurt, they go after you, you know. There was a lot of time left in the round, too, which didn't help Blake. So, uh, Kovalev is actually going after Hopkins, then. Yeah, that fight's already made. They yeah. already agreed to it. I mean, uh, Hopkins uh, talked to Kellerman after the fight. And, uh, I mean, Hop- let's talk a little bit about Hopkins. Hopkins, he- this guy's an unbelievable fighter. If Hopkins beats Kovalev... I'll be shocked. And then... He beat Stevenson, oh. which will he'll unify the light heavyweight title at 50 years old. I got this guy in the top 10 That's of all crazy. time. I, I got him in the top 10 of all time. Even though if his fights are that, boring. If he can do that at 50 years old, exactly. this, is, this will be an unbelievable feat. That would be a great, great achievement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at his age, even though I'm not a huge fan of Hopkins and I don't like watching his fights and they're boring, but... Um, if he does that at, at 50 years old, I mean, that, that's that's nuts. It's unbelievable he's still fighting. If, if you watch that fight, when they um, the post fight, when they were talking to Kellerman and him and Kovalov were next to each other, Hopkins is actually starting to look like an old man. Yeah. You could see it. I mean, he's just, I mean, you could see he's a 50-year-old man. Yeah, that guy's got to be on something, man. Yeah, it's kind of weird because his body doesn't look like it, but at that age, to fight at that level, you almost have to gotta be, on, be something. on something. Yeah, there's yeah. no way the guy can be performing yeah, at he, that age. He could be on a little we're bit of TRT. We're in our 30s and we're having problems. Yeah. This guy's 50. Come you know, on. He's probably on some TRT and some growth hormone, and he's a, he's got great skills. Let's not let's not uh, kid ourselves here. There's a lot of guys that, you know, they could be on steroids that were great fighters. Even in their late 40s, they wouldn't be able to fight at this level. No, I mean, that's the subtle things Bernard brings to the ring. The little things he does. I mean, he was actually already starting the fight. I know the uh, fight's in November 8th, but he already went there. You saw when he was staring down uh, Kovalov. He was trying to play mind games, guys. He was already, this guy's a crafty vet. He was already putting some things in Kovalov's head. You can tell it was bothering him a little bit. You had to give Max, hey, the camera's over here, Bernard, the camera's. He was already starting his mind games. Well, and yeah. It's going to continue. With the he's press selling conference. the fight, though, too. That's part of selling it. He's selling the fight, but he's trying to put some doubts in Kovalov's head also. Yeah, this guy's very crafty. He's very smart. He's been, he's been around for a long time, guys. Yeah. You know what kind of worries me a little bit, though? Because Hopkins is so smart. For him to go after Kovalev, I mean... He he he's such a veteran that he probably sees something in Kovalev where he can say, you know what, I could beat this guy. You know, Hopkins, uh, when Kovalev fights Hopkins, Hopkins is going to do things that Kovalev has never seen before. So I think it'll be a great fight. I mean, right now I'm favoring Kovalev, but I think it's a 70-30 fight. 70% I'll, I'll, I'll say Kovalev I, I, wins I'm, that fight. I'm going to go with the old guy on this one, I think. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'd also like to say Kovalev did great numbers on HBO. There was a million people that watched that fight. He actually did better numbers than Golovkin. Golovkin's numbers went down. And Kovalev fight? Yeah. Golovkin's number, when he fought Giel, they went down from his prior fight. His prior fight, he had one million. But Kovalev did better. Kovalev did better. Wow. I'm so, I, And I was very surprised at that. I, I, this is my take on Bernard. I think Bernard, even though his fights are boring, he looks, he looks at a lot of tape, and he knows how to fight against the other fighter. And that's why I have a feeling he's going to take, I think it's going to go decision, and I think Bernard's going to win on the cards. I mean, Bernard's, if you look at his experience, he loves fighters like this that come in, not the quickest of feet, plotters, punchers. I mean, look how he dismantled uh, Tito Trinidad and uh, Kelly Pavlik. Those guys were up-and-coming punchers, and uh, they were supposed to uh, beat Hopkins. But Hopkins has a way of making these guys look bad. I mean, after the Pavlik fight against Hopkins, Pavlik was never quite the same, you know, as far as being on top. So, but the big question is here, guys, Kovalov is a hard-hitting 175 pounds. Those guys were at like 154, 160. That's asking a lot of Hopkins, who naturally started off boxing at 160. And, you know, he's going up in weight at 50 years old, against a strong up-and-coming lion like Kovalov. As far as boxing skills, I, I give that to Bernard Hopkins over Kovalov. But 
is the power, is he going to land and hurt this old guy? I don't know. I don't know. That's the question to yeah. be seen. I, I think that um, if I'm Kovalov's trainer, Kovalov's obviously going to have to stay busy, and he's got to come up with a good game plan in this fight. But one thing that Kovalov has that you can't teach is he has that power. He's up there with Golovkin. He's one of the hardest hitters in boxing. So I think this will make for a great fight. I know Hopkins is in a lot of boring fights, but when you fight Kovalov, there's no such thing as a boring fight. No, yeah, but uh, you'll be very, don't be surprised <laughs> with what Hopkins can do with boring. Yeah. But again, that's his style. That's what he does to offset the offense of the other fighter, and and that's where I think he's a great uh, a boxer because he's he's a smart boxer too, and that's yeah. why I think he wins a lot. You know what I think is going to happen? I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Hopkins tries to get in Kovalov's head. Kovalov's a little bit of a hothead, if you'll notice in the ring, um, and I wouldn't He'll be just surprised. Try to upset him. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Hopkins hits him low, maybe gives him an elbow. Does things like that to get Kovalov off his game plan. Detroit Pistons bad boy move. Yeah, there are going to be some shenanigans. There are going to be some grabbing, maybe a takedown, maybe a headbutt, maybe an elbow. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think Hopkins, he's a great fighter, but I don't think he's going to take a beating. He'll find a way to fall out. I don't think so either, man. That's why. He's going to find a way to not get beat up. I don't think Hopkins is the type of guy that's going to take a 12-round beating at 50 years old and say, oh, you know. That's why I have a feeling he's going to win on the cards. He's going to offset Kovalov, and he's not going to fight his fight. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. It is. I'm I'm picking Kovalov in this fight. Who are you picking, Jackman? Uh Uh-oh. I don't know. I don't know. Something tells me Hopkins is going to pull it off. Uh, I'm a little nervous about this fight. I'm nervous a little bit for Hopkins, too, because of the punching power of Kovalov, but something tells me that, uh, man, Hopkins done it so many times before, I hate to bet against him. Yeah. Not just that, I give I give respect to Hopkins, too, and he's got balls going after a fight like this. Oh, man, big time. Yeah, and he's not dodging these fights, so, I mean, I think that's fantastic for him, and uh, I'm proud that he's actually doing something like that to let us see a fight like that. Yeah. I mean, who would have ever thought a guy 50 years old would be going f- to unify the light heavyweight championship. Yeah, that'd be nuts. Who's the oldest fighter ever? Was it Foreman? Well, you had a couple old guys. You had Archie Moore. You had Foreman Hopkins. Hopkins, Hopkins is the, the oldest, oldest to have so a title, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, Evander Holyfield should have been the oldest to win a heavyweight title at 46 when he fought Nikolai Valuov, but they gave it to Valuov. Holyfield won that fight. Foreman was 45, but Hopkins is the oldest fighter to hold you the know, title. The only thing I will say is um, there's a lineal title. The lineal title is basically uh, the original title. And uh, Foreman was the actual lineal champion. I think even if Evander Holyfield won, he wouldn't have been the lineal uh, champion. Like, for for instance, before in the heavyweight division, you had guys like Francois Botha, guys like Oliver McCall. They were heavyweight champions. The White Buffalo. Yeah, the White Buffalo. They were actually champions, but they were never the lineal champion. You know, if you look at look it up, if you look at the lineal champions, there's not a lot of uh, heavyweights that were lineal. L i n e a l. Those are the big names in the heavyweight division. Okay, Those were yeah. the great, For- great fighters. Foreman had that. Yeah, Foreman had that when he beat yeah, Moore. Michael Moore. Yeah, and you know he was losing that fight. Like we talk about the heavy punch, yeah. he was down on the cards. I love George Foreman. Let's talk a little bit about Foreman. Um, what do you think, Jackman and Nick? If Foreman would have beat Ali in 1976. 74. Uh, 74, I'm sorry. 74. If he would have beat him, do you think that Foreman would be considered the greatest heavyweight of all time? Ali didn't even want to rematch Foreman. Foreman wanted to fight Ali again. Ali refused. I think if they would have rematched, I think Foreman would have came up with a different game plan and Foreman would have beat him. Foreman's, I, th- I think he's underrated. Foreman is underrated. Yeah, no I, th- I think what did him wrong was when he boxed so much longer into his career than he should have stopped. I think oh, it did him worse, Foreman. Why? No. How did it do him worse? It did I him think, great. Yeah, but guys like that, when you keep fighting for money, it makes you, it, it discredits you a little bit. Yeah, but he came back. He won a title. Uh, he beat Michael Moore. He yeah, but when he's great fighting in, in his 40s out of shape. No, he wasn't out of shape. Well, he was actually in better shape. Well, he paced himself better the second go-round than the first go-round. He never really gassed in the, much in the second go-round, but which he did in the first go-round. He was so smart in his second coming. I Very mean, he smart. Was such a, if he would have had that mentality when he would have fought Ali, he would have beat Ali easily. 
All right, yeah. Call me stupid, uh, but for the fans out there listening to that don't know, describe lineal champion for me. What does it specifically mean? Lineal is um, when when boxing first started, there was one title, so that title gets passed on, and it's a it, physical belt. It's it's not really a physical belt. It's sort of like, or is it uh, like when you unify all the titles? It's not even when you unify the titles. When boxing first came out, there was one championship, and that championship basically gets passed. Like, say for instance, you're the lineal heavyweight champ. You're 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 the heavy you're the champion. It's 1880. 1885 comes along. I beat you. Now I'm the lineal champ. Now 1890 comes along. Jackman beats me. Now he's the champ. So that's that's basically how it goes. you can trace it back down to the exactly, original. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You can trace it back down. For and instance, that's in every weight class. Yes. For instance, later on they had different titles. They had, they came up with the IBF. They came up with uh, the yeah. WBA. So those were like kind of manufactured title. You 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 following me? Gotcha. So the lineal championship, it, it it's it's like almost holds more weight. Yeah, it's like the man who beat, so who's, who so beat the man. Can you look at each weight class currently right now and find out who's who's the linear champ in each one? Yes, sure you can. You can find it online. Because I'm on Wikipedia yeah, right now. You could find it online, but right now, to be honest with you, they don't really make a big deal about that. Yeah, like no they, one talks about yeah, it. Yeah, no one, exactly. Nobody really talks about it. Uh, it's yeah. a shame because, in my opinion, that's probably more of a value or to talk about than any of these other cheesy titles you hold. Yes, I agree. It is more of a value, in my opinion, also. Hey, but let's go back on Big George for a minute. I mean, th- this guy in the second go-round, he had an awesome jab. He would hurt people. He'd bust people up with his jab. Very stiff, very hard, like a, like a Golovkin's jab. The Golovkin's jab reminds me a lot of G- George Foreman's jab. And then he had the right hand. He was very smart. He paced himself. One fight where Foreman got a little gasp, well, he went for the knockout. It was against Alex Stewart. He busted Alex Stewart up. He knocked him down, but he didn't finish Stewart, and Stewart came back, and uh, I think they gave that to Foreman, but some people said it could have went to either either way, but uh, that was a tough fight. But uh, I remember watching that uh, F- George Foreman-Holyfield fight in 92, uh, and that was that was an exciting fight. So, I mean, Big George was just an awesome. Who retires for 10 years, comes back at 37 years old, and wins the champion again at 45? Who does that? Yeah, it's very rare. And let's not forget here, when Foreman came back, it was a pretty tough era. I mean, the heavyweight division was stronger than it was today. Much stronger. Yeah. So, this guy was unbelievable. I will say this, he was smart. He never fought Bull. He never fought Lennox Lewis. They asked him. He didn't want to fight those guys because he knew he didn't have that size advantage. Against Michael Moore, against Evander Holyfield, he had one thing going for him, and that was the size. So um, I think Foreman knew that these bigger guys, if you had a big athletic guy that can move, they would give Foreman a lot of problems. Yeah, you know, there's a friend at work, older guy. He said George Foreman was the strongest he ever seen. He said, oh, man, George Foreman, he said, this guy... You know what I think? I think George Foreman is an old man. I think he would have beat Tyson. I real I think at he had, their prime. As an old man, when he came back at the prime, no, Foreman would have won, and no. I think Foreman would have won as an old man. Yes, because I think that Foreman had that size advantage. Tyson could have knocked Foreman out. Tyson, Tyson had to get on a short reach. Tyson had to get on the inside to knock Foreman out. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he knocks Foreman out. Nobody knocks Foreman out. I think Tyson would get tired, and I think in the later rounds, I think Foreman would take over that fight. Even Tyson, he never wanted to fight Foreman. Foreman was dying for that fight. Tyson never wanted to fight him. I think Tyson's people knew that Tyson didn't match up well with him. Even a guy like Oliver McCall. Oliver McCall had a granite chin. He gave Tyson a lot of problems. They said in the sparring. sparring. A lot of, they, said gave Tyson a lot. they said he dropped Tyson, he could too. Take, he could take he Tyson's could take punch. punch. Yeah. So if you could take Tyson's punch, you had a good chance to beat him. That's yeah. why he ended up in a basket case and started crying in the ring. Well, he had other problems. Yeah, but, Oliver McCall had a lot, yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, George Foreman did fight some big guys, maybe not the Lennox Lewis and Riddick Bulls of the world, but he did fight Tommy the Gun Morrison, who had the left hook from hell. I mean, Rocky he would Five. Kn- yeah, I mean, he would knock you out with the left hook. He fought Shannon Briggs, which was also a big yes, guy. Yes. And Alex Stewart, slightly smaller than a bull, but not much. He was about Lou 6'3". Savarese. Oh yeah, he was oh, six five, guy. Guy. but he wasn't yeah. very athletic. No, but yeah, no. But Briggs and uh, Stewart and uh, Morrison was pretty athletic too. Yeah, Speaking Morrison of Briggs, wasn't that big though. I don't think. I don't did, think what did you guys think of that skit 
Oh, I with with him and Klitschko. Yeah, I I think it was fixed. I think it was. Why Why fixed. do you guys feel it's fixed though? I don't it understand. Looked fixed it to looked, me. Yeah, it just looked fake. fixed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It didn't. I I don't know why Klitschko's people wanted to fix it. I wouldn't. Yeah, like I don't why think Klitschko really wants to fight him? That's um, the deal. Like they're, they're not going to set that fight up. So why would they do that? Guys, v- Vitaly, his older brother, put Briggs in the hospital he after they him. fought. Yeah, he put him in intensive care. He put him in intensive care, and this this his older brother was like forty years old. This guy, no. Briggs. So this guy's just a basket case. I don't know, but don't bother with with don't vel, don't bother with uh, Vladimir. To me, it looked Leave like him fake. Alone. I mean, this guy's a two hundred and fifty pound muscle bound guy. They threw he fell on the floor. It just didn't look real to me. The whole thing. I just would like to know why this guy basically came in and. And decided to do that. Well, like, he's looking to make the money. money. That's the big money. He's looking. He's to make looking money. to make four or five yeah. million dollars yeah. off that fight. That and that's his chance, which is pretty smart. I, 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 all I know fight. is when I saw that, I'm like, "Whoa, Briggs! I haven't seen this guy in ten years." I'm like, "Where did he come off of and just drop in there all of a sudden?" Yeah, you could tell. To me, he looks like he's been doing a lot of steroids. Oh yeah, he yeah. did look did you huge. See him? Yeah. yeah, he looks. But that big fat guy tackled him. Yeah, well, yeah, that was that out of shape guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was like on the that floor. Set up, I don't know. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I'm yeah. like, dude, this guy's so huge, and you got some fat guy that just tackled you. He did a football tackle yeah. on him. Maybe the Bears should sign him up for yeah. linebacker. <laughs> yeah, we might need we might need him. All right, so um, all right, what about the undercard on that with the Perez fight? Oh, the undercard of the Golovkin Gil fight. Yeah, the Perez uh, versus Jennings fight. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting fight. Uh, Perez, I don't think Perez was in shape. I, I just don't. I think uh, Perez is a guy where he's he's very skilled. In the beginning of the fight, he was winning that fight, but uh, he just uh, didn't have a lot in the gas tank. I mean, I think this guy can get down a cruiserweight. He's got big, you know. He's look at his calves. His calves are huge, but I think that uh, I mean he just doesn't have it in the gas tank. Uh, Jennings yeah. Jennings fought a great fight. You know, once I saw Perez, they said he weighed like 240-something for that fight. I said he's going to lose. I mean, he was in much better shape when he when he fought Abanov, uh Magoman. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to this guy. You know, it could mess him up mentally, that fight. He wasn't into it. He resorted to a lot of grabbing, a lot of uh, uh, dirty tactics, a lot of, you know, a lot of fouls because he wasn't in shape. He couldn't sustain the punching. Yeah, I you wasn't know, impressed that much. By you him. know, and I did pick Perez for a close winner. Although I did state I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Jennings outworks him and gets a 12th round decision. Brian Jennings is always in shape, guys. This is a guy who trains, who takes uh, boxing seriously. I think Perez has got great skills. And I think if he wants to, to dedicate himself, I think he can be a force in the heavyweight division. I don't know if he can bother with Klitschko because of the size deficiency, but I think he can be really good heavyweight and he, if he picks his opponents right. But he's got to put dedication. He's got to get down to at least about 220. You know, it's 240. He couldn't sustain the punches throughout the fight. So, Yeah, and, you know, I'd like to see what happens with uh, Jennings' career. He's actually going to fight the winner of uh, Stavern and Wilder. So it's a nice little tournament going on there, uh, and uh, I, I would be willing to bet that the winner of these fights will be the opponent for Klitschko. Yeah, so you're thinking whoever Stavern and um, Wilder is going to go. Who do you guys favor, Stavern or Wilder? I would say Stavern. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's Wilder concerns me a little bit because his people have moved them so slow. This guy's 30, what is he, 31-0 with 31 knockouts. You would think they would have stepped him up a little bit faster. He's never been past three or four. Stavern hits like a mule. So, But Wilder has so much firepower that I have Wilder as a slight favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I might favor Wilder too. But he's been in soft. He's been in soft. I would like to see him against some uh, stiffer competition myself. So, I mean, Stavern is a proven boxer and a good puncher too. So, I don't know. I would like to see it's gonna it's gonna tell a lot. This fight's gonna tell us a lot. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when a guy takes Wilder six or seven, eight rounds. Yes, Tavern also has a good chin. Yes. Yeah. So that's so what, what's your th- oh, all right? So the next thing that we want to I want to go into is the Chavez Frotch, January twenty fourth. 
Uh, is that made? Not yet. Oh, okay. But that's the date that they're saying it is, and they just said that they're dragging right now. Um, I don't know. Do you think this is the fight that they he sh- they should go and lock it down and go for it? Or yeah, this is a great fight. It's a great fight. I mean, uh, this is an, both guys are all action fighters. Both guys are evenly matched. I think this is the biggest fight in the super middleweight division right now. I don't see any problem with it, and I I'd love to watch it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a competitive fight. I think that both guys are pretty much evenly matched. Uh, they both have something to uh, bring it and offer to the table. Um, I, I'm definitely going to watch this yeah. fight. And it's a big money fight. Think yeah. about it. In the UK, and you got... you know, Oh, I don't know where they said the fight was going to be at, though. Uh, I would guess it should be... In, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. But, I mean, you got the UK fans. You got the Mexican fans. Two, those are the two greatest fans in the yeah, world. I would two think they would keep it here somewhere for the Mexican Might family. be in Vegas. Might, yeah. Maybe in Vegas. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Even too. a lot of English, believe it or not. You'll have a couple thousand English people that'll fly over oh, to Vegas. Don't make the trip. They'll make the trip. I think it'd be a good fight. I think that uh, Chavez probably has the upper hand, though, because of just Frotch's age alone. But, I mean, I think that would be a hell of a fight, and I would not be surprised if Frotch pulls something off. Yeah. I mean, if, if Chavez gets in uh, great shape, I, I would probably give him the edge. I think he's a little better technically than Frotch. But Frotch is very tough, guys, and uh, he's determined. And, you know, I know Frotch is going to be in shape. Hopefully Chavez is because you know Frotch is always in shape. Yeah, they're saying that uh, they're in heavy, serious negotiations. Basically, that's all I'm catching from ESPN. And they're saying that it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. They just haven't officially announced it yet. It, it's going to happen. That fight will definitely happen. Yeah, that, that's actually going to be a good one. I think I'd be very interested uh, to see that one. Did you, uh, get, did you guys hear Frotch's comments about Ganani Golovkin? No, I didn't hear about it. He said, who wants to fight this guy? Yeah, that I did hear. Yeah, he said he, he punches like a mule. Yeah. Why would I want to risk myself and fight this guy? And that's what I'm saying. Some of these and, guys and, and, are and, not giving him a chance. And Right. And like you said earlier, Big Nick, Golovkin might be too good for his own good. Yeah. You know, and uh, Frotch is a 168. He's a weight class above Golovkin saying that. You don't see that often, especially a guy bigger. If I was him, I would try to take it easy on certain fights so that that way some of these good guys will take the chance on me. And then once they give me that chance, then I'm going to show them what I got. Because if you can go in there and fight and beat a Cotto, and if Cotto gives you a chance and you beat a, like uh, whoever, the Canelo or whatever, and then you go in there and beat them, now you're that top dog. Now everyone's coming after you because they want to beat you. Instead of now, he's the guy in the bottom that's just trying to get up that ladder, but none of these guys up top are giving him that chance. Yes. He it, just needs that win over that marquee name. He needs that win against that A fighter. He's yeah, but no one's going to give him that chance. He'll, he's going to get it eventually, whether it's coming from Chavez or but whether he, it's how coming. Old, he's old. Yeah, it'll happen within a year. It might happen 2015, uh, I'm guessing, late 2015. It's going to happen in stages, guys. He's going to have to beat someone like a Quill and the boost his name up. Yep. Because somebody like Canelo or Cotto is already established, ain't going to give this guy a chance just yet until he beats a couple stages up, like a Quillen, somebody like there. Then he may get that fight. But as of right now, I don't see those guys fighting him. I think his best chance is to fight Chavez. There was a deal on the table for him to fight Julio Cesar Chavez. Who? Golovkin? Golovkin to move up to 68 Golovkin accepted. So you're thinking if Chavez beats Frotch then he's going to end up going for Triple G I don't think I don't think Golovkin wants to fight Chavez I think Golovkin rather stay at 60 and fight Cotto or you know maybe have when Canelo moves up fight Canelo but I don't think that um, these guys are going to take that fight I think he has a better chance to fight uh, Chavez and yeah. I, lo- I like to see him fight Chavez who do you think has a better chance to beat Golovkin? Is it Julio Cesar Chavez or is it Miguel Cotto or Canelo? I'll probably say Chavez. Chavez is a bigger guy. Who would you say, Jackman? Chavez uh, is going to come in 190 pounds in the ring for that fight. I, say, I think Canelo has a better chance, if anyone. I'm not sure. I mean, Chavez is a naturally bigger guy, no doubt. I think Canelo is a harder puncher of all three. Ah, Chavez is a bigger guy. Chavez is fighting at 68, plus Chavez takes all of a shot. He's kind of like his dad. He inherited his dad's chin. It'll be interesting. Has Chavez uh, ever been yeah. dropped? I don't think so. I, I, I don't no. think so. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been no. dropped. I think Canelo has the best chance of beating, beating him. Yeah, Canelo. Yeah, Can- Canelo's a great fighter, yeah. You think Cotto has a chance to beat Canelo? No. I think oh. he does. I think he has a Did slight... Cotto beating Canelo? Yeah. 
I mean, I would favor Canelo. I would, Canelo's got the youth, but I think Cotto has a That'd be a good shot. fight. Yeah, I'm in the middle on that one. Tell you the truth, I'd love to watch that fight. I would. I, I would, too. I that would, would buy be that pay-per-view. You know what I like about uh, Cotto? He's very well, he's got many different skills. He can box on the inside. He can box on the outside. He can slug a little. He can move a little. He's got all facets of the boxing skill down. He can do many different things well. You know, I know he didn't like when Margarito pressured him like that, but uh, Canelo doesn't give that kind of pressure. You know, he might try to box him. I mean, I, I think it's a close fight. I really do. I think, you know, uh, Canelo's a little bigger naturally and may punch a little harder. Also, also, Cotto's got a sharp left hook that he can hurt anybody with as he displayed against Sergio Martinez. I might favor Canelo a little bit, but I think it would be a close fight and an interesting one and a good one to watch. Off subject, I think if Andrew Galata came back in the heavyweight division, he'd actually be up there. He'd be ranked, probably even beating Klitschko. Andrew Galata? Yes. No way. You're saying, you're <laughs> saying in his prime, though. Now. No, not now. That's how bad the heavyweight no, division no, is. Now he now. couldn't crack the top 300. <laughs> I bet you he would. I think in his prime he would be a pretty good force. Uh, <coughs> no, I don't. Yeah. No. He, no believe it mean, or no. not, I'm telling you this right now. Galato was a head case. He is. But was. he was very athletic. Yeah. Watch Galato fight. Pull up some of his fights on YouTube <laughs> and watch him fight. There was a fight when he fought Donnell Nicholson, uh, who's another Chicago guy. You could see how athletic Galata was. He had a very fast jab. He had fast hands, and he moved so well for a big man. Not too many fighters had his athleticism. He just wouldn't listen, man. That's the only problem. And Duvo was a good he, trainer. He was very talented. Yeah. He was very talented. But I, yeah, I, I really don't know what happened there. It was almost as if, uh, I don't know if his fights were fixed. There has been some talk Could've about been. that. But a guy that wins a bronze medal in the Olympics should you know, no better than that. Yeah. So, all right. So then the, the, probably one of the last ones we'll go, go into is, uh, I guess they're forcing Reagan Dio to fight Avalos. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting fight. I like, uh, Reagan Diallo. I always liked him. I think he's one of the best boxers in boxing, if not the best boxer in boxing. So, uh, I, I like watching him fight. Yeah. Reagan Diallo is a joy to watch because he brings that skill. He brings the counter-punching. He brings the elusiveness. He brings the defense. And, you know, that's, you know, some of the casual fans, I don't know if they're huge fans of that, but uh, I think they should be because that's what really boxing is all about. Make the other guy, make your opponent miss and hit him back. You know, so uh, that's what Rigondeaux brings. And I think more and more he fights, he's going to start being a little bit more popular and, uh He's a great one to watch, you know. He's got nice footwork, nice in-and-out skills, you know, nice defensive. So he's someone to look out for. You know, there's been talk that he might bypass that Avalos fight and he might fight Santa Cruz. I think that'd be an interesting fight. Yeah, that's Uh, clashing styles going at it. But I think he has to fight uh, Avalos or they, they strip him of the title. Yeah, I, I heard about that, but I did hear some talk that they might make an exception for him. I'm really not sure exactly uh, exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, because I know they were saying they were going to strip him. Right. He needed he needed that fight, they said, in order to keep the WBO title, or they're stripping it of him. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Reagan Dial and speaking of those divisions, they said that Nito Donaire wants to fight Lomachenko. Hmm. That'd be a, a very interesting fight. Let's not forget, guys, Nonito Donaire hasn't looked good his last couple fights, but he's still got that big punch. I think yeah. he's the biggest puncher in those divisions. Yeah, Nonito can hit hard, but he hasn't He hasn't looked the same. Yeah, but he, he has for... a puncher's chance, though, against anyone. I, I would favor Lomachenko, obviously, but uh, Nonito Donaire is another guy. He's, he's pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, he's exciting. I think sometimes he tries to load up too much on one punch. I agree. You know? And uh, he called him the Filipino Flash. He was knocking everyone out for a while. Since he moved up a little bit, not as not as much, not as explosive. But I don't know. I think Lomachenko probably outboxes him like uh, Rigondeaux did well, but in let's a similar not for- fashion. Yeah. Let's not forget, though, he did drop Rigondeaux, and he did drop his last opponent. He was losing that fight. He was having a tough time in that fight, and uh, he ended up dropping him. So the the punch is still there. No, the power's still there. I mean, that's the last thing you lose, no doubt. And uh, he is quick, 
and he can land, you know, he can find a way to land that punch. It'll be an interesting fight, but I think uh, Lomachenko is uh, is such a such a skillful boxer. It's going to be hard for uh, No Needle to land on him cleanly. I don't know. We'll what see. What do you guys think of Ward possibly fighting uh, Triple G? I, you know, that's the fight that Triple G doesn't want. Ward wants that fight. Um, I would favor Andre Ward right now. I think that's a shot, though. That's, for Triple G. Yes. Uh, if he takes that, that's your opportunity, that man. That might be too big of a bite. I think so. Yeah. And I think Triple G's people know that. Um, Andre yeah. Ward wants that fight. But Andre Ward, he's kind of stuck in no man's land. Who's he yeah, going to fight now? We're at go, 68 we're, and 168. There's nobody there. We're going back to what we were saying before. He needs to he needs to make a decision fast, Triple G, so he can get up top fast because he's old. So he needs to fight the wards right now, and he needs to beat the wards right now so that he can be on the top so people are chasing him. I think he's going to look to try to unify that t- yeah, title I at 160. I, I don't want to see him against Ward right away. I'd like to see him beat a Froch. I'd like to see him beat a Chavez. I'd like to see him beat a Cotto. I'd like to see him beat a Canelo, and then maybe fight Ward. I think Ward gives him some problems. Yeah, but that's how long? Three he's years great, from now, four years? Ward's also a great that's defensive boxer. Now. You know what? This is what I would like to see Triple G do. I would like to see him fight uh, the winner of Canelo. Maybe have him fight Quillen next. Maybe unify even the titles. I think Quillen is the best opportunity for him now. At 160. Have him fight Solomon. Have him fight Quillen. Unify the titles. Um, obviously, I'd I like to see him fight uh, Cotto or Canelo, but then maybe have him fight the winner of Cotto or Canelo or the winner of Frotch and Chavez, then take on Triple G. I mean, take on Andre Ward. I think Andre Ward's a big jump. I wouldn't take that fight if I'm Triple G. I, I I would pick Andre Ward in that fight. I think Andre Ward's could be the best fighter in boxing. How about how about uh okay you would favor Andre Ward against Golovkin? Yes. How about his uh the other Russian Sergey Kovalov? Who would you favor Ward or Kovalov? I'd probably favor Ward, Ward. against him also. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, he's a very he's a very good boxer. He's slick. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of like a modern Bernard Hopkins. Yeah, I think Kovalov would probably have a better chance to beat him because Kovalov is bigger. But I would make Ward the favorite in both those fights. I would I would take Ward over anyone at one seventy five over Stevenson over Hopkins. I would make Ward the favorite against anyone. So this weekend, what fights are uh, are up? Uh, not that good, but no, the card's not really that good. Uh, Got Danny th- Garcia. Yeah, Danny Garcia is going to fight. He's going to fight Salka, who is kind of like an ESPN two level fighter. He's not a very good fighter. This guy's only got three knockouts. He's not a threat. Um, there's actually a lot of boxing fans. They're going to boycott these fights. They're not even going to watch these fights. A lot of people are saying this shouldn't be on Showtime. This is garbage. And I think the the problem with these fights is that Al Heyman is managing all these guys that are fighting tomorrow. He's having a riff with Golden Boy. I don't know if they have a contract to fight on the Golden Boy card. But I think that... He doesn't want to take a chance of any of them losing. What I think Al Heyman is trying to do, I think he's trying to be like a Dana White for the UFC. He's signing all these fighters. I think he's going to try to take all these fighters and kind of start his own organization. And that's pretty scary. I think this guy, Al Heyman, is bad news for boxing. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's an advisor to all these fighters. And uh, oh, man, there was somebody that fought recently, and they took a pretty easy fight. And ever since this uh, Golden Boy split happened, they're noticing that Al Heyman, he's not putting in any of his guys tough. So I'm not sure if he's waiting till their contracts expire with Golden Boy to take him on his own network or to take him on his own promotional company. Um, Mayweather got a promoter's license. Yeah, I heard so about that one. Who knows? All his guys might come over to Mayweather. Yeah. So it's, you know, now you have Golden Boy, you have Mayweather, you know, you have Aram. I mean, if it, it's not good. I don't think it's a good thing. There's too, too, There's too many. Too, yeah, too many uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We also have fighting tomorrow uh, Daniel Jacobs and uh, Lamont Peterson. I'm yes. sure they're going to show those at least those yeah, three they will, fights. All three fights will be televised. They're, yeah. Both those guys are in easy. I like Daniel Jacobs. It's a good story. He's a cancer survivor. So it's always nice to see a guy beat cancer and uh, still fight and be fighting at a high level. Yeah, yeah. So was he fight at a one sixty or one? He fights at one sixty. There's yeah. been a lot of talk of him fighting Kid Chocolate. Yes, yes. I've I've heard that buzz for a while now. 
So we're going to see how he looks tomorrow. He's a pretty good commentator, too. He filled in for Malinaji a few times on Showtime, and he was pretty good. I liked him. I liked his commentary. Yeah, he's intelligent. He he picks, he picks knows a lot since being a boxer, and he pointed it out to the fans. It's, it's, he was interesting. So not too much going on on the weekend. So it's, it's some fights, but well, well, nothing it, interesting or well, going to be too great. In, in boxing, anything can Any happen. Any fight can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's not forget here, these are good fights because uh garcia he's the best 140 pounder in the world it's just the fighter who he's fighting is not uh someone who i who should who he should be fighting at a at a big network like showtime but all i mean all the guys that they're showcasing they're good fighters the, the matchups just could be more competitive could be stronger yeah yeah i'm a big fan of danny garcia's i think he's another fighter similar to Cotto who does a lot of things well Yes, you know uh, it's kind of too bad that Garcia didn't look good in his, in that fight in Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, they really yeah. try to build him up with the Puerto Rican fan base, and he he just didn't deliver there. I thought he he no. probably lost that fight. I probably gave the edge to Herrera too. Herrera's a hell of a boxer, guys. He's the one who beat uh, Ruslan Provarkinov. Yeah, nobody wants to fight Herrera. No, no, he he makes people look bad because he's very skilled, and this is a guy who started boxing late. He caught on, I mean, he caught on really quick. Herrera started boxing late. You know what we should talk a little bit about? Why don't we talk a little bit about the Rios fight? Rios-Chavez yes. fight. Do you, th- I, yeah, you think yeah. that disqualification was legit, Jackman? You know, it's a tough call. Raking the eyes is pretty bad offense. I mean, I yes. wanted to see that fight continue, as I think all boxing fans wanted to. Nobody likes to see it stop like that. But, I mean... This Chavez, he felt the reels really surprised me with his strengths, uh, to some degree. I mean, I know he's strong, but uh, I don't know. He could have probably let it go. Maybe could have gave him a harsh warning, deducted two points from him, and then and then seen. But I mean, he was raking his eyes, and reels was complaining about it. So it's a kind of a tough call. Yes, he was raking his eyes. I even seen it before it happened. I'm like, this guy's fighting, you know, kind of dirty here. And then he took him down. You know, not too long uh, before that, I thought it was a. I think the stoppage was a little uh, premature. I think they should have probably took another point off, or maybe gave him another warning. But uh, Rios fought at forty-seven. I think he's a little bit soft at forty-seven. There's a lot of talk saying that Rios is going to fight Provanikov now, either or Vargas, Jesse Vargas or Rios, who also of, fought on that night, who also fought on that card. Um, they're going to probably uh, fight Provanikov, one of those guys. And I think uh, both of those fights are very interesting. You know, uh, Chavez acted like a fighter who was losing, guys. You know, when someone fouls like that, usually they're tired or they want the ref to stop the fight because uh, Rios was kind of coming on. You know, Chavez was doing well, too. He he was cracking Rios with everything he's got, and Rios took it. Chavez was winning on the outside, but on the inside it was Rios's game. You know, I had it a pretty close fight, but uh, he he could have maybe gave him one more stern warning before he stopped that fight. But I think Rios was coming on, and Chavez felt that, and I think that's why he resorted to dirty tactics. He might maybe wanted to disqualify. He wanted to get disqualified, you know. Yeah, and Chavez, he I don't think the ref wanted to stop that fight, but Rios blew up, and I think the ref said, "Ah, you know what." Uh, you know, maybe I should stop this thing. This thing's getting out of hand. Yeah, so, yeah, he did. Rios did react, you know. Yeah, let's face it, Rios, he's probably only got one more big fight left in him. I mean, if I'm his uh, managers, I'm his trainer, I'll have him go after one more fight, and that's it. He already got that big fight against Pacquiao. I mean, if if you're a boxer and you get a fight against Pacquiao, that should be enough to uh, retire fairly comfortably. And uh, Rios has done a lot in this game, and... uh I just want to see him be okay after his career. He doesn't have the best defense. He gets hit a lot. And uh, I think he should start thinking about hanging it up. I, I agree. He gets hit with too many hard shots. I mean. Tough guy. Tough as nails. Yeah, that could be to his own detriment later in life. That's the only problem with that. I, I, yeah, I didn't see the fight, so I, I can't say much about it. I didn't catch it and stuff, but it sounds... Uh, hey, but how about that Jesse Vargas? When they gave him that lopsided victory, I almost thought the Russian beat him. It was it was like almost a draw, even fight to me. You know, Lampley, he brought up a good point. He said the Russians, they don't get a fair shake in, with the judging. Like if you look at the Vasyl Lomachenko-Russell fight, they had it very close. 
There has been a few other fights in the past where uh, the decisions didn't go their way, and that's pretty interesting that he brought that up. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that he brought that up too, you know. Yeah. But it seems, you know, that was a lopsided victory for Vargas, which that's not what I saw when I watched the Who fight. Who did you have win in the fight? I thought it was very close. I thought it was very close too. I didn't score, but I thought it was like a, almost an even fight. You know, it was very close. Who would you favor, uh, Prevenikov or Vargas if they fought? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, Vargas, I don't know, I think Vargas is a little better boxer. Yeah, but I think Prednikov got the power. And then Prednikov and Rios, that would be a hell of a fight. That would be good. I'll take Prednikov in that fight also. Me too. I'd probably lean toward Prednikov in that fight, but yeah. It'll be a tough fight, you know. (laughs) It'll be a war. When's the uh, Mayweather fight? September 13th. So that's September thirteenth. That's that's not too far from now. We're looking at almost a month. So it's not. Yeah, too far. I think we discussed that one. Yeah, right now they don't have the undercard set up, which I think is very very strange. I don't even know who's fighting on that undercard. I don't and know. If you're a month away only. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing that because uh, the undercard is not going to be very good, and they want you to buy the pay per view now. I'm just really not sure what's going on with that. Yeah, they need to get their act together pretty soon, or real quick, at least as soon as they can. Yeah, yes, they do. All right, what you guys got? Anything else for closing? I would say uh, watch the fights tomorrow. And uh, Friday Night Fights also has some good boxing on, guys. Friday Night Fights, they also got some on Fox Sport 1 and NBC Channel. There's a lot of up-and-coming fighters that you see on those programs, on those channels. So be very interesting to watch some of those. Yes, I agree. A lot of fights on TV these days. This bo- the sport of boxing is not that. Sta- yeah, it's starting Pe- to boom. People always say boxing is going to die, boxing is going to die, and uh, it finds a way to stay alive. Yeah, boxing's been around a lot longer than a lot of these other sports, so it's been around for a reason. So with that said, guys, uh, go into a little bit of our social uh, networking media stuff so uh, you guys can keep spreading the word for us. Uh, Our Facebook page, uh, like us on our Facebook page, Windy City One Word Sports Network. Uh, Comment us on there, leave a message for us, whatever. Uh, Like our comments as well when we're on there. Uh, Follow us on our Twitter account, uh, at WCSN, the number three, at WCSN3. Again, like, uh, follow us there. Comment us there if you want to. You can listen to us through SoundCloud Radio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, which is the new platform, uh, and iTunes. Uh, iTunes, subscribe, comment, give us a rating on there. The more ratings we get, uh, the more visibility we're going to get out there. So if you got an Android or Apple device, you can listen to us on any uh, any of them on the on, on phone, iPad, tablet, whatever it is. Um, you can also uh, email us. Uh, at windycitysportsnetwork at gmail.com uh, leave us anything you guys would like us t- uh, to uh, continue to do any comments uh, that you guys would like us to comment on uh, we'll share the emails on our shows and uh, go from there so uh, for I guess today that's episode 4 um, a little surprise that we've only done 4 it seems like we've done more but uh, it's episode 4 actually it's the 5th because we did the point five one. Uh, we're the Chicago Tree Party uh, I got Mr. Jackman with me And this is a late night here. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy the night. Uh, Sammy the Bull. Have a good one, guys. Until next time. We're in Studio One. Uh, This is One More Round Radio on the Windy City Sports Network. By the fans. For the fans. Go Bears.